Jesus said this, he said, uh, come, let him who hears say come, and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him take of the water freely. If you recall, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. And he told the woman at the well, he said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, to you and I, it doesn't mean a whole lot until you read it and think on it because water is real easy for us. Bottled water, tap water, people that have, think they've graduated from tap water to bottled water. Uh, but in the old day, water was very precious, and you had to search for it, you had to find it, you had to dig for it, you had to camp around the well, you had to live by the well, you had to live by the river, you had to, it was a big deal to find good water. And so every day, somebody had to go fetch the water, basically. And so that's why Jesus said that to the woman, and she said, well, give me this water so I never have to come back to the well. Now, she was wrong in the way she was applying it, but she reacted properly. When you hear about living water, you're supposed to say, I want some. You and I are supposed to say, give me some of this water. I'll never have to thirst again. As Christians, you have the water. And it's in you as a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So you have the water. You shouldn't be thirsty and hungry. You shouldn't be feeling lack and empty. You should never, Christians should never feel hopeless, despondent, empty. Oh no, oh no. You got the water in you. So part of it is we have to stir that water up. We got to remind ourselves. We got to partake of it. We got to drink. We got to pull it up. We got to experience it. And that's on you. You got, if you believe in Jesus, you got it. So no Christian should be depressed, hopeless, and anxious. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth, there's a story that he, he told about he received a wire to go to another town in England to help a woman that had cancer and gallstones. And he said this, he said, if I know God is, is calling me or moving me to something, I have faith for it. Yes. Right. Amen. My faith rises, he said, yeah. if, he, if God's sending me. And he got there and the woman said, I have no hope. She's sick, dying, has no hope. And so God instructed Brother Wigglesworth to establish her in the fact of the new birth. Just a simple truth. A simple spiritual truth is usually the key for your miracle. And so he spent some time explaining. And when she had the assurance that her sin was gone and that she was born again, there's the key right there. When she had the assurance that her sin was gone and that she was born again, she said, that's everything to me. Cancer is nothing now that I have Jesus. That's recognizing, oh, Jesus replaces all need. Now I got the water. I don't need anything else. Her battle was won. God had delivered her. And it says she was free and soon up and dressed and happy in Jesus. Glory. Listen, that's how simple healing is. It just requires you to drink. It requires you to receive Jesus, have a revelation of the new birth. What does that really mean? It means everything. And so let's talk about that. How, did you, how do we get there? So we can say the new birth. 
in Christ. We can say righteousness, acceptance by God. All these are basically pointing to the same fact that I'm in the hands of God. He's got me now. The other word that kind of encapsulates everything is redemption. Now, in the Old Testament, the Jews waited on redemption. The Psalms, you, you see lots of things about, well, when the Messiah comes, one day we'll be redeemed. One day Bill, we, we'll be saved. One day he's coming. It's going to happen. One day we'll be delivered. One day it's going to be marvelous. And so that's how they felt, and that's how they talked, and that's how they wrote, and that's how they sang. And so sometimes the church wants to sing psalms that the Jews sang. And some of them are good and applicable. Others depict a time before Christ. So you got to be careful with some of those psalms. In the 90s, the church got real big into doing a lot of stuff like that. And it's like, wait a second. You don't need to fight for your salvation anymore. You don't need to fight for your deliverance. You got it. The, the water is here. You don't need to be thirsty and desperate and dry. Amen. And so when you hear songs today about the, the wilderness and the dry, desperate place, and you don't have to, you don't have to sing those songs. Amen. Just skip those songs. Right. Or do like we do and just change the words. We change, we change about uh, half the songs we sing here, we change. It's like, eh, 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 eh. It doesn't really fit with the New Testament. Eh, you forgot the cross. You, you forgot what Jesus did. We could say this way, you forgot that we were redeemed. So let's talk about redemption because that's where everything gets real special. Uh, Romans chapter three, if you'll turn there, please. Uh, I'll just give you the, the summary is that we're redeemed from three primary things, really one main thing that can be subdivided into many things. We are redeemed from spiritual death. Redeemed mean to to purchase. Like if you, have a, if you have a coupon, what do you do? You got to go redeem it. If you have a gift card, you got to redeem it. You, if you want to buy something that's basically redeeming, I'm going to go, I have, a, I have the proof that I own this, I'm going to get it. I'm redeeming my valuables. I'm paying for something with a certificate or whatever I've got. Uh, so spiritual death is what we're redeemed from. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, Romans 6, 23. We're also redeemed from uh, all things that the curse brought. Amen. Now, the curse of the Old Testament, the curse under the law of Moses was, was basically to destroy your life. The curse was there to destroy everything and every, everything, everything about you concerning your health, your family, your wife, it says you will even be divorced. Another man will take her. I mean, it's the, the purpose of the curse of the Old Testament was to destroy the sinner. If you disobey, you get the curse, destruction, poverty, sickness, disease, torment. Well, Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of of the law. Whatever's under the curse, we're redeemed from it. All the sickness, all the diseases, even the tumors and the emeroids, the emeroids, which is, the, don't even want to look that one up. 
and every evil thing that's not even, it says, and, not, and, and every other disease that's not written in here, is what was to come upon those who were not redeemed. But Christ has redeemed us from all of that. And so all of those diseases and torments and destruction that was the result of disobedience, Christ has redeemed us from it. Now you need to know this because your disobedience is not going to bring you the curse. He redeemed you from that. He redeemed you from the curse. The curse was if you disobey, you get destroyed. Your disobedience does not bring the curse. If you're in Christ, your disobedience does not bring the curse. Now, you got to know that. You got to have revelation of that. Just like this sick woman in the story. When she realized that she was born again and forgiven of sin. Sickness and disease means nothing, has nothing in her. It's as simple as that. And for every new believer, you can, you can take it that, that simple. Just say, okay, I'm saved. I'm in Christ. I'm born again. I'm not holding, beholden to sin. I'm not, that's it. I'm over. It's over. All, all my destruction's over. Might as well clean the house and, and, and have a party. <clears throat> um, Romans chapter 3. Verse 23, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You're justified through the redemption that is in Christ. The redemption that is in Christ. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood to appease something, the propitiation. By his blood, through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness. Just notice these terms. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes the gospel can be preached without many scripture. It can be preached in a very soulish way to help you apply some things and learn some things. Uh, but then sometimes you just need some scripture. Listen, you can't go too far without Scripture, so some messages need to be chock full of Scripture uh, so that you simply get this in you, it'll change everything. If you can get the living water, if you can get the living word, if you can get these life-giving words from God into your heart, it will heal you itself. The revelation from God's word is what really changes you. Not the psychology uh, ministered to your soul. That will help you laugh a little. That will help you acknowledge some things in your life. And so a lot of times even... Let's just take uh, married couples want to come get some counseling. Uh, well, our, our, our standard policy here is most of your marriage counseling happens here in this room Sunday and Wednesday. Most of your marriage counseling happens here. This is where you're supposed to take scripture and let it change your heart, attitude, and help you walk in love towards your spouse. This is where most of the spiritual help occurs, right here. And so we try to avoid too much marriage counseling because marriage counseling turns out to be soulish things, psychology. Stop saying that to your spouse. Stop doing that. That's not what you need to solve your problem. What you need is to apply some spiritual truth, get closer to Jesus, get closer to the revelation, 
We can say it this way. Get closer to the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. Make it real to you. Get, get this to be more real in your soul than all of your domestic dispute. I'm not over on this side for any particular reason. <laughs> but, you know, it is fun to hear some marriage stories and funny stuff. And that, that it helps us apply it. It helps us recognize some things. So it's not invaluable. But just recognize your spiritual strength is going to come from the Word of God. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is a... It's a strange way that this is said, but it's always made a, uh, meant a great deal to me. It says, no, uh, verse 30, 1 Corinthians 1.30, But of him, of him, you are in Christ Jesus. Talking about God. So, of God, you are in Christ Jesus. God put us in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. And righteousness and sanctification and redemption. The King James says, Christ has been made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Four highly spiritual words. But I've got the wisdom of God in me. Christ has been made to me wisdom. I'm smart enough now. Wise enough now. Able enough to solve problems now. Amen. And righteousness. I'm right with God in Christ. And sanctified, set apart as holy. Something's going on here. Christ has been made unto me my redemption. In Christ, I'm redeemed. Now that's got to mean something. First Corinthians chapter 6. You, I've taught this before. You go back to the Old Testament. You, you, you study the kinsman redeemer aspect uh, for the nation of, of Israel. And it was very special. I'm not going to do that tonight. But if you want to go see how special the Redeemer was to save somebody who was alone from destruction, it's very powerful. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You were bought with a price. Hallelujah. Verse 23, 7, 23. 1 Corinthians 7, 23. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Think of it this way. God bought you. How did he buy you? He bought you with the blood of Jesus. He paid for us. He paid for us. We owe our allegiance to God. Praise the Lord. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Speaking of Christ, Ephesians 1 7. In him we have redemption through his blood. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Hallelujah. Look at verse 13. In him you also trusted... After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Praise the Lord. Verse 14. No, we just read that. 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. The final, the only thing you haven't been redeemed from is physical death. Our body is not yet totally redeemed. We're redeemed from sickness, disease, but we're not redeemed from the carnality of our fallen state. Okay? Not until Christ comes do we get the full redemption of our body, which is to be glorified in a sinless body. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Five pages to the right. Fourteen scrolls up. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us in the kingdom of his, into the kingdom of the Son of his love. So he took you out of darkness. Verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Praise the Lord. I pray that you get revelation of this redemption that's in Christ. Because if you do, this, and, and really this alone, will make you feel special. To be chosen, this is kind of a rudimentary uh, example. Have you ever been to the, to the uh, pet adoption place? You walk by, your heart goes out, and what do you do? You adopt. That's why you never go in there. You go in there, you feel sorry. God had mercy and compassion on humanity. And he's like, well, I got to buy them. I love all these people. I got to buy them. I'll send my own son, buy them with my own son. So you, you, you buy, you, you adopt. You could take human adoption. Human adoption costs somebody something, doesn't it? But once you're chosen, you're in. Like there's no, there's no take backs. Once God adopted you and paid for you, you're his. You've been chosen by God. You've been adopted by God. You're his now. So there, you're special. You don't need somebody to make you feel special. Amen. You are special. Amen. You're special. Yeah, already. Already special. Totally special. Amen. No matter how many people have rejected you, you're special because God chose you. So all of a sudden now, I don't need to look for self-esteem. I've been chosen. I got chosen by God. I might not have got chosen on the school playground to play the sport. How many of you were the last one chosen? Don't raise your hand. It's, it's a little hurtful, a little embarrassing. But once you get saved, all that goes away. Once you get saved, you can be the, last, you can be the least athletic, the, 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 the least coordinated out of the whole group and get chosen last every time by your friends. And you can be the Christian so happy to be on a team. Glory to God. Thank you for choosing me last. Because your, your self-esteem is, is taken care of at church. It's taken care of in your prayer closet. It's taken care of in your relationship with God. Thanks, God, for choosing me. I'm so special. I'm going to live my life unto you, not unto people. I'm not here to have clout. I'm not here to, to have anything from, pe from men because you got me. So as an adult, you need to recognize all those hurts from your childhood, all those emptiness, all those things, and, and all the despondency you had to live with and deal with and tragedies and all those hurts, they're healed and fixed 
by redemption. You're redeemed. You've been redeemed. Now he, re now he restores your soul. He restores my soul. I mean, even the Catholics know this. They quote Psalm 23 all the time. He restoreth my soul. Say it like Elizabethan. Queen Elizabeth. He restoreth. Say it out loud. He restoreth my soul. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. You might have been divorced. Somebody threw you away, basically. That's hurtful. There's remorse. There's sorrow. There's grief. Don't let it stick around longer than a week. Within the first week, he restoreth my soul. I'm chosen by God, discarded by people, chosen by God. I'm going to make it. This is how you fight your battle. This is how you get on top of the worldly sorrow. You're actually redeemed from the sorrow of the world. But you've got to use spiritual truth. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I don't even know what that word means, but I'm it. Think on it. Let it get into you. It'll change you. It'll fix you. It'll take somebody that feels very low of themselves into somebody that feels very high being in Christ. Not on your own. You're not thinking of your own self-esteem. It's esteem that's in Christ Jesus. Because once you get saved, you recognize you're kind of, kind of pitiful. Once you, once you get saved, you recognize, you know, all the things that tried to, I tried to inflate myself a bit to make it through life. It's worth nothing. All of your righteousness right. is like filthy rags. Amen. Praise the Lord. So all identity problems are solved here with redemption. Some, some people are on a never-ending quest for identity. They can't decide what to look like in the mirror, can't decide what kind of clothes to wear, can't decide how to talk. You don't need to do that. Don't need to do that. You don't need to be special on the outside like that. Be special on the inside. Amen. And if on the inside of you says, uh, paint your hair green, paint your hair green. But don't do it for the outside's sake. Don't do it to feel special. Don't do it for others to make you feel special. Don't do it to get attention. Get all your attention at church. At church, everybody will give you attention. At church, everybody will love on you. Everybody will help you see who you are in Christ. At church, God will show you. In the Bible, God will show you. At home in your prayer time, God will show you. Let that be enough. If you need an influencer, if you need an influencer, if you're going to follow an influencer, let it be God. Let it be a good Christian. Let it be a parent. A parent. Let it be somebody who's in Christ. Let them influence you. Because they're going to take you into your real worth that was valuable enough to be paid for by Jesus' life. So you no longer have to search for significance. We have a book in the bookstore, The Search for Significance. Some of you could benefit from it if you're having some, some uh, hindrance or some hurdle in some of this. Uh, you already are significant. You don't have to try to be somebody. You already are somebody. You don't need men to approve you. You already are approved. You don't need a father figure to validate you. You got a heavenly father now. You're validated by God. You're stamped with his spirit. You're sealed to the day of redemption. Amen. Glory. Glory. 
if you keep trying to search for significance outside of God's word, you're going to open the door to the devil. And that's why so many teenagers have so many hardships. They're searching for significance in this life. Who am I? And if you go beyond the Lord for your significance, you'll open the door to all sorts of flesh destruction, uh, harmful relationships, all sorts of, you're going to mess up some future. And so the advantage Christians, one of the advantage Christians have is that we have the answer right here. We don't have to go any further. We don't have to be lost until we're 25. Now 35. Some people are still lost at 50. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. And the devil always condemns us with guilt and shame. And, you know, he, he drives you to go find significance. And as soon as you do something ridiculous, then he starts poking you and condemning you. And now you got to live with shame. And so all this is really solved by redemption. Find out what that means and who you are in Christ. Glory. This will cure your depression. Well, I feel so lonely. I feel so lonely and hopeless. Well, God's a pretty good friend. Come on, you need, you need to major on the fact that God lives inside you. You're loved by God and you're loved by the brethren. And that means get yourself to church. Don't you, don't, don't you sit at home feeling lonely. You go to church. You go to church every time the doors are open. You be a friend. Anybody that has friends shows himself friendly. You know, I, I understand this about depression. Sometimes when, when somebody's depressed, the last thing they want to do is be around people. You better get yourself around people for, for your own sake. Recognize the devil is the liar and he's keeping you bound by yourself. You better get yourself around people. I mean, at first sign of depression. I mean, if you're just dealing with it on the, if you're just barely kind of running into some depression and stuff like that right now, right now is the time to jump on this. First of all, cast the devil off. Shout as loud as you can. Get the devil off in the name of Jesus. Holler out that you're redeemed. Begin to praise the Lord and then drive yourself to church. <clears throat> Redemption is enough to cure your hopelessness and restore your broken heart. Hallelujah. Psalm 103, turn there. Psalm 103, you got to be careful of this modern life. In the old day, all they had was the Bible. I mean, the best book they had anywhere was the Bible. They didn't have videos to watch. They had the Bible, and so they just kind of majored on the Bible, and they learned some of this stuff, and, and that's what they thought on all day long was stuff they just read that morning. Maybe it was a little easier then, but whatever the case. Psalm 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction. 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 Life from destruction. Glory. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Somehow, somehow you got to take this spiritual truth and make it become real inside you. Enough to make you happy. Enough to make you have a good Saturday morning. Enough to delight you Amen. without food. I mean, I'm sorry. 
I mean, a lot of times, the, 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 a lot of times people eat and eat at the wrong times and too much because they're bored and because they feel bad and they're de- depressed and they're not feeling good about themselves. So let me go eat. That'll make me feel good. Not for long. Somehow you got to find, you got to find a way to get spiritual truth to trigger you. Amen. Well, I'm feeling triggered. Feel triggered by the word. Amen. Let the word trigger you. Let the word solve all your problems. Let, let it take shape in you. He's a person. Let the word take shape in you till Christ be formed in you. Paul said, I labor. I'm doing this until Christ is formed in you. How can that take place? You're going to have to spend a little time. You're going to have to plant this truth in you until you start feeling like Christ on the inside. He's in there. Let him come out. Go to Hebrews uh, 9. Now, Jesus is the, God's plan was my humans sinned. I had to cast them away from myself, but I'm coming to buy them back. And he knew this was going to happen. And that's why Jesus is called the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God's plan, his backup plan for redemption. He knew he was going to have to do this before sin ever came. Before you were ever born, he knew he was going to call you into the kingdom. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Revelation 5 says that Jesus was slain and has redeemed us to God by the blood. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, he saved the whole world by his blood. <clears throat> Hebrews 9, are you there? Yeah. Hebrews 9, verse 12. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Hallelujah. Look at verse 15. And for this reason, he's the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Glory to God. First Peter one says this, verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like gold or from your, like silver or gold, or from your, from your aimless conduct you were redeemed by the tradition from your fathers. But you were redeemed by the, with the precious blood of Christ Hallelujah. as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Hallelujah. He paid for us with his own blood. There's some, that's why we sing, sing about the blood, talk about the blood of Jesus. Pure, sinless blood was paid for you. You're bought with a price, and that's why we're supposed to glorify God in even our body. He paid for us. He gets a say-so in our life. Glory. Let me quote a couple about spiritual death. 2 Corinthians 1.9 says, We had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. 2 Timothy 1.10 says, now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Glory. Hebrews 2.9 says, We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. 
Hallelujah. We're redeemed from spiritual death. That means you can come alive unto God. That means he, he no longer needs to be God in the clouds. He's God inside. Got to think about that. It's not just you trying to believe in a far off God. He's in you. God is in you. Jesus Christ is in you. He's in you. The spirit is in you. I like to remind us, he, and you're in you. The, the three God, God's three persons are in us. The Godhead is in me, and so am I. The four of us. We call it the quadrinity. Four of us in one. It's really four of us in one. That I may be in you, and you in them, and they in us, that we all may be made perfect in one. We're all in there. It's four. It's not just three, it's four. Who lives in you? God lives in you. Jesus lives in you. The Holy Ghost lives in you. You live in you. You're that close. Think about that. Everything's okay. If I could just fast forward time about 50 years, I'd be in heaven. Until then, I got to act like it. Until then, I got to have faith. Until then, I got to live by faith. Until then, I got to act by faith. Until then, I got to have revelation so that I can live a life of faith regarding these things. Like I have to use my faith to not be hopeless. That's not just an accidental thing that falls on some people and not on others. You must use your faith to not lose hope. You must use your faith to never sorrow like others who have no hope. You have to use your faith for that. Some people, even Christians, I've watched this. Somebody in their family will die, usually a parent or maybe a child, and it will, it will destroy their life. Oh, no. Oh, no. You cannot sorrow like others who have no hope. You cannot. You've been paid for. You don't get to act like you want to act. You don't get to let the devil drive you into depression, despondency, with no productivity in life, no good for anybody else. You can't allow that. No, no, no. We stand tall. And we have strong faith. We give glory to God. And we go through this hard life. We endure through all the sufferings and all the trials that come. And we glorify God in everything. And we keep a nice attitude. We keep a light shining bright so we can help others. People should not be running from you. They should be running to you. You should not be the crabby one at work. Look, if you're crabby at work, you need to put some headphones in and get some good Bible teaching going. Or at least the audio Bible. Listen, if you get the audio Bible going all day, you'll be a nicer Christian. Amen. Basically, you need some word in you. You need to fill yourself with some words of life. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Come on, this is the real Christian group here. Yeah. It's the real Christian church. I've always felt the same way Paul is. I'm going to keep doing this stuff. I'm going to keep saying the same thing and telling the same stories and quoting the same scriptures and looking at the same faces until Christ be formed in you. That's my job, until Christ is formed in you. That's how I feel. That's why I'm here. Until you start looking more like Jesus, I'm going to keep doing this. Unfortunately, that means I'm never going to retire. Preachers always make fun of that between each other. You know, preachers don't retire. They just refire because it's not a job. It's, it's a call. You know, what, what, what else would I do? Well, that's just it. I got to do this until you're, you're perfected. And it looks like it's going to take a while. <laughs>
<laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kind of teasing because we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. Praise the Lord. If I'm ever... If I'm ever at home thinking, well, I think I want to skip church for a month or so, then it's like, no, no, David Zeppelin needs me. Aaron says a bunch. It's like, no, somebody, no, no, I can't do that. That's not good. All right. Praise the Lord. That's it for tonight. Are y'all happy? Come on. Are you redeemed? I think the Bible says something about the redeemed ought to say so. The redeemed of the Lord say it, declare it, mean it. Let the redeemed of the Lord act like it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say it and believe it. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life, and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.